Hello and welcome to another phenomenal episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. Will it be phenomenal? Only you can decide. This interview that you're about to hear is between Katie and M. We do a lot of interviews with couples. We've done some one-on-ones. This is a one-on-one interview between two believing wives, and we think that it's going to be great for both sides, no matter what the situation is uh, within your marriage. It'll be good for those believers. It'll be good for those that have transitioned away from the church and everyone in between. Before I hand it over to Katie to run the interview with M, I, I do want to talk very briefly about just our two updates. Number one, uh, this weekend down in St. George, this is September 12th, 2021. You can check the details on our Facebook page. We will be uh, at a speaking engagement at 2 p.m. on Sunday, September 12th down in St. George. If you're anywhere near the area or love airplanes, please come down to St. George and uh, hobnob with us. Uh, We can chat. We can talk. We can eat food. We can laugh. We can play. We'll bring a jump rope to skip and frolic in the flowers. Don't worry about it. Things go off the rails when Katie's not here to keep me in check. The other announcement that we want to talk about is our six-week online uh, workshop on a tightrope with Natasha Helfer. We have done four sessions with Natasha, and 130 couples have gone through this this workshop with us. Uh, M actually has been through as well. So at the, towards the end of the interview, M does talk about her experience in the workshop, and we invite you to listen to that. A testimonial, if you will. She bears testimony of the workshop. How about that? But uh, really, the course is great. It's for wherever you are at in your mixed faith marriage, it's going to be helpful. And it's six weeks. We talk about what is and isn't a faith transition. We, we learn about healthy communication within marriage, how to negotiate some of the tender moments in a mixed faith marriage, behavioral changes. We spend two weeks talking about parenting, uh, both all, all the way from little kids to kids that are out of the nest and flying on their own. Uh, we talk also about sex and intimacy in one of our bonus weeks. It's, it's really a phenomenal course. We do have limited space. We limit it so that we have enough time for uh, one-on-ones and for everyone to be able to ask questions and share. Uh, it's, it's just a great experience. We feel lucky and cheating the system because we get to be a part of it uh, every single time and meet all of you wonderful people. So if you would like to, to register, we would invite you to do so at marriageonatightrope.thinkific.com. The, the link is also in the show notes here below. Uh, you will see a September 2021 course. You can click on that and register. Uh, if financial aid is something that would be helpful for you, if this is something that you need to do that you quite can't figure out how to pay for, uh, please reach out to us via email, marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. One of the amazing things about the couples that have taken this course is many of them have decided to pay it forward in the form of scholarships for future couples that need the help. It's really a testament um, that they're putting their money where their mouth is of how much this this course helped them. We do have now some scholarships uh, ready. The last episode that we that we recorded, we did not, but we do now. So if if that would be helpful, please reach out to us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening to me. I will step away and let Katie run the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie, and my husband is not here with us because it is a ladies-only podcast today. I am so happy and pleased to introduce my friend. She is a moderator in our Facebook community. She has planned lots of events with us and has been 
a, a big a person in this space um, helping us with everything we've need helped with. And her name is M. So M, welcome to Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm so glad to have you. Uh, thanks, Katie. I'm so excited to do this. And you're so sweet. I really don't feel like I've done hardly anything at all. It's you and Alan are, well, anyway, you are just amazing and everything you've done to help so many people. And I just want to to thank you because I know that we have no idea of the countless hours that you have put into this and the thousands of people that you have helped. And I just want to say a big heart and thank you to you. Oh, that's so, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. Well, we can't do anything without really people who plan things or who befriend um, others in the group. And I really see you as someone that befriends other people in the group. And, and that's, that's really needed. So I'm excited to have you on. Um, but just to get started, why don't you just give us a little bit of a background about you, where you are as far as um, in the church or your spouse, who is in, who is out? Why don't you just tell us a little about you? Okay, well, thank you. I, so I am in and my spouse is out. Uh, and I, you know, I really do love to get to know people and be a friend to people that find themselves in this space. When I found out uh, that my husband was emotionally out and had been for a few years, I had no one I could talk to. And I didn't know anyone else that was in this situation. And I felt so alone. And it was really hard to navigate for quite a long time. That was about six and a half years ago. And so I am so grateful for this community that you have built. And when people find us, I just, I just want to be one of those voices that might be able to help people see that there is hope. It does get better. Uh, You know, you can stay in a marriage and make it work and you can have different opinions and uh, view the world very differently, which is the space that I'm in with my spouse. And yet we can still love each other and uh, support each other in our hopes and dreams and desires, even though how we see things is different. So it is possible. And I, I want to give people that hope because as you know, when it first starts and you're in the thick of it, the, for me, the world had basically ended. Like I didn't know how I could go on. It, it was just was very, very hard. So, well, you're right. Those first, I I mean, you could even say years that you're going going through this is tender. Tell us, maybe take us on a little journey of what, what those raw emotions, how they manifested in you. And like, I, I mean, what did you do to cope with some of those? You know, it was really interesting because I was already uh, struggling with a challenge, uh, with a church challenge that I had with a calling that I was serving in at the time that was really hard. And I thought, how, how am I even going to get through this? You know, and then on top of it, found out that my husband no longer believed and had actually, it had been that way for a few years and he had planned on never telling me. I felt so hurt and betrayed, just the typical typical feelings that a believing spouse feels. 
and felt like the victim for a long time. And we really couldn't talk about it. We would just end up arguing and fighting and, uh, because, you know, I wasn't giving him the, the space. Uh, I just felt like he had made this decision without even um, consulting me, discussing it with me. Uh, you know, at, at first, my, my thoughts were, you did this without me. This is not what I agreed to. You, uh, we never prayed about this or fasted or went to the temple or anything. And now you've changed my life. And it was just, I was in a really, a really unhappy, hurt place. But as time went on, and I started, I realized that as, as I talked with him more, and you know, time, it, that last episode that, that you and Alan did when you talked about time and how time really does help so many things. And you have to put work into, you can't just let time pass. It's not like it's magically going to fix itself. But if you are working on trying to understand, then as time goes on, it really does get easier. It's not as painful. It, it doesn't hurt as much. And as, as that time went on, we could start to have these conversations. And I was able to start to listen to where, how he had gotten to the place that he was at. And as I did that, I found myself having so much compassion and love for him because it wasn't just, you know, he, he had really tried to make it work. He had, he had prayed. He had asked God, you know, uh, if you're there, let me know. I, I need to know if you're there. And he didn't feel like he got an answer. And so I, um, you know, cannot judge him for that. I cannot fault him for that. And why is that, that some people seem to get such clear answers and clear revelation uh, and others don't? I have no idea. But when he, when he shared that with me, along with some other things, you know, my, my heart went out to him and I started to understand, okay, you know, I feel like he is on the journey that is right for him. And even though it's not how I imagined life was supposed to look, you know, we're supposed to uh, go to church together. We're supposed to go to the temple together. We are, when our children get married, we are supposed to, to be there with them in the temple and, and all of that. And the life that I have now does not look like that anymore. And so it seemed so wrong for a long time until I, I realized I was actually listening to a, a podcast one day and I realized that our journeys all look different. And just because we think that there's a straight and narrow path and that's the best way for everyone to get back to God, uh, that doesn't, our, our journeys are not uh, all straight and narrow like that. And some of us, we wind around and we, we have twists and turns and things happen in our lives that you know, just throw us, you know, where all of a sudden we fell down the, the hill and we're trying to get back up. And, and uh, it ultimately, Heavenly Father knows what we need to learn and, and grow. This is my, my belief, uh, is that our Heavenly Parents know what is best going to help us learn and grow. And we will, this life is to help us do that through different experiences, and that's how we will return to them. 
my husband would disagree with that. Uh, he's an atheist, does not believe in God, and and that's fine. We can, we he can talk about what he believes. I talk about what I believe, and we are able to have these discussions now and and not get upset or yell at each other. And you know, as far as uh, our our children go, uh, we talk about how well mommy believes this, daddy believes this. And you will get to decide when you're an adult, you, you get to choose because we all get to choose. We all have that agency, whether you uh, believe in, you know, the, the same, the agency that the church talks about or not, that's, that's just how it is. We all get to choose how we act, what to think, what to do. And that's really the only thing we can control. We can't control other people. We can only control situations up to a certain point, being able to choose how we act, what we say, what we do. That's what we have control over. So that kind of went off on a tangent. But uh, so, yeah, those emotions, um, you know, I mentioned I felt so betrayed. I was so hurt and angry and upset. But with time and with some some podcasts and different things I listened to. Uh, by the time I found you guys, I was actually in a pretty good place, but I still binge listen to all of your episodes. Uh, this was about three years ago, and I listened to every single one you had put out, and I, you know, talked to my husband about it, and he had already found you guys, and he's like, oh yeah, Alan and Katie, and <laughs> I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me about this? This is this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, just love, uh, loved hearing that other people were in this. And I really feel like hearing other people's stories can, it, it's very helpful for me to give me ideas of, okay, well, this has worked for them. Maybe this would work for me too. Or, you know, it, uh, this is, this is really helping them. So, you know, your idea of how maybe you're going to do church a little bit differently on Sundays. When I first heard that, I was like, what? I could never, no, no, no. And just this summer uh, with one of my, with, with a child, I said, okay, well, you're, you're not wanting to go to church. All right. How about, you know, three weeks a month, you come with me. And if you do that, then one week a month, you can you can have with dad and uh, we're just still trying to figure it out. I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but I do think being flexible, being open and just having, trying to communicate is so helpful with, with these marriages. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about that, the communication piece, because it sounds like you worked through a lot and then you had kind of this turning point, right? Where you're, you're being vulnerable with each other and, and, and your um, spouse is telling you how he feels and you're telling him how you feel. How, how do you get over though? Some of those feelings of maybe like resentment or anger, especially when, you know, you feel like, Oh, I believe in God. And how can my spouse completely not believe in God? Because I mean, Alan and I are in this, Alan's an atheist and, and, and I'm in this space where I still really believe in God. So how do you have that communication and those tools to talk about it without getting mad? Yes, it, it's hard, right? It's really hard. 
So a couple of things. The, the one thing that really helped me, I mentioned before, was feeling like he's on the right path for him. He's actually on the path that I believe will lead him back to God. And so that was one way to just kind of let him believe the way that he wants to and just feel like it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. You know, our, our parents, our heavenly parents, they uh, want us to return to them. And, and I think there are a lot of things that we don't understand how. We don't understand the how of, of how it's going to work. And as humans, we just get so hung up on that. How is this going to work? Uh, and I don't have answers for that. But I feel like it's going to. I believe that it's going to. It just, that's that's what brings me peace. So that's the first thing is feeling like he he's on the right path for him. And once I got to that place, then it was that resentment of you're doing this wrong. Why can't you, you know, do what, what you agreed to when we got married and we made these covenants. I was able to just kind of let that go. And along those same lines, uh, another thing that has really helped me, not just with my spouse, but also with family members, um, the parents, siblings, uh, and, uh, you know, just, just even friends is understanding that most of the time people are acting out of love or because they are doing what they think is best, or they are, they are acting the way that they would want to be treated. And, the reality is we all want to be treated different ways. <laughs> so, you know, when I, I might, I might say something to my sister because it's what I would want to hear. And then it really, really offends her. And I find out that she did not like that. And it's because our personalities are different. Uh, we, we're all so different, but if someone says something that is offensive, that, that offends me, I have learned, and this is very new. I'm embarrassed that I did not learn this until just a few years ago. But I have learned that I am so much happier and can get to peace so much faster if I think the thought, they are doing this because they're trying to help me. They are doing this because they love me. Because, you know, we all have family members. Well, I think most of us, especially in this space, have family members that say things that are just <laughs> offensive. Okay? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and this is this is on both sides. I, yes. Whether you are the PM, you are the ABM, um, people are saying things, church members are saying things that are offensive. It, like it's just it's all around us. And they're saying it because they are unless they're a psychopath, right? <laughs> unless they have some sort of a mental problem, they are most likely saying it because they are trying to be helpful, because they love us, because that's what they would want someone to say to them. I think so often we just go to that place of being offended just right away. Oh, how could they say that? And uh, the only thing that that does is build up those negative emotions inside us. It just hurts us. It's not doing anything to hurt them, right? It's just, it's just hurting us. So if we can just, it, at least this is what helps me. I just think, okay, why, why would they say that? Are they saying that because they love me? Or are they saying that because they, they're trying to help? Oh, probably. Okay. All right. Well, it, it wasn't helpful and, and I didn't like it. Okay. Well, what do I want to do about it? Do I want to talk to them about it? Or do I want to just let it go and know that they were saying it out of love and I'm going to let it go? 
sometimes it is appropriate. Sometimes you may want to talk with them and let them know how you're feeling. Let them know how what they said hurt, you know, offended you. And then uh, sometimes that's not going to help the situation at all. And it's better to just think they were trying to help. They were trying to love. So that is what I did with my spouse. That also helped me get past the resentment, past the anger is, you know what? Uh, my, I have the opportunity to listen to what he's saying and not try to change him, not try to convince him that he's wrong, not try to explain why I'm right and he's wrong, but just listen to him trying to understand where he's coming from. And then once I've done that, then I can ask him or I can let him know, you know what, thank you for sharing that with me. I really appreciate you opening up and sharing that all with me. Would you like to hear my thoughts on the matter? And then give him the opportunity to either accept or say, no, not really. And then be okay with whatever he says. If he doesn't want to hear about it, doesn't want to discuss it anymore, I can be okay with that. I used to listen to people and be thinking, okay, what can I say back to them? How can I convince them that I'm right? What, you know, uh, and I think that's a very common thing that we do. We're listening, trying to convince or trying to change versus listening, trying to understand. And there's such a huge difference. And so, and that, that pertains with, I mean, especially in today's world, world where we are dealing with all sorts of strong opinions with politics and COVID and masks and vaccines. And it is, we are divided. I mean, it's gotten so much worse. And I'll tell you what, this mixed faith marriage that I've been experiencing for the last six and a half years has really helped me to let other people have their own opinions, even when it's completely opposite of what my opinion is. And yet I see other people in my life close friends, family members that really, really struggle with people feeling differently about it than they do. And it's a, it's a really hard place to get to and you have to practice. It's, it doesn't come automatically. You really have to just, it, it, it comes with time and, and practice. And uh, I'm, you know, I never thought that I would say I'm grateful for my mixed faith marriage in a million years, but it has really taught me some valuable lessons that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. So much more compassion and love and understanding for people that I was kind of oblivious to before. I definitely, I don't know if I can still say that I'm grateful for it, but I'm definitely not angry about it. I don't resent it. I'm not upset that I'm in this situation. So uh, it just, it's just kind of one of those things. Oh, I'm in, I'm in a mixed faith marriage. Oh, you're in a mixed faith marriage. Me too. What's worked for you. Here's what's worked for me, you know? So it's, it's just kind of one of those things, but it's not something that I am angry about anymore. I love that you touched on a number of things that I thought was great. Um, one thing that I love that you said is, you know, when we figure out that we all want to be treated in different ways we and we seek to understand that brings greater compassion for us and for those who want to be understood 
And absolutely that works in your marriage. But like you said, it works all around you as well. And I think that that's when you really learn. And this is something I'm with you. I haven't developed except for in the last couple of years is the emotional intelligence to realize that everyone can have their own opinion and you know whether we think that they're they're right or not everyone can have their own opinion and you know we can we can be compassionate and loving towards because they're going to come from a completely different headspace than we are so anyway i i love i love all of those things that you know you touched on is there like a moment in your marriage where you really felt like you connected well about something that could have been difficult to talk about that you really understood each other? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I don't know so much about connecting well, but a recent conversation that we had just in the last week was about uh, patriarchy in the church and how, you know, I never considered myself a feminist. I, I never understood it. Just the last year or so, uh, I've been listening to the At Last She Said It podcast, mm-hmm. and a couple of those episodes have really helped me understand why <laughs> why so there are women, not just in the church, but in the world, throughout the world that have had issues. And I could, I, I didn't understand it before, but I understand it so much better now. Not that I necessarily feel the same way that they do but I can understand why they feel the way they do. And that has been so eye-opening, like, wow. And uh, I am starting to definitely move more towards, oh, well, why it, why is it this way in the church? And why are things, that's, that's really interesting. Hmm, you know, just starting to really think about things more, more deeply. And so uh, my husband and I were having this conversation um, about, uh, he had been, talking with a, a group of uh, seminary teachers and they'd had a, one of their female students had come to one of the teachers and said, I have um, some questions about patriarchy in the church. I, I don't understand this. And, and uh, the seminary teachers were all sitting around. What should we say? How, how do we address this? What types of things do we say? And my husband uh, overheard the conversation. He, he was part of, he just happened to be there at the time. And, uh, and so heard what they were saying and they didn't have any solutions. He came home and told me and, and I just said, you know, um, I hope and I think that this is going to change really quickly because so many women are having these conversations. I am hearing it on podcasts. I'm hearing so much more about Heavenly Mother than I ever have before. And so we started having a discussion about Heavenly Mother, and he started bringing in a lot of, uh, (laughs) you know, well, the church is never going to do that, because if they're going to talk about Heavenly Mother, then they're going to have to uh, talk about polygamy, and and they're not ever going to go there. And, you know, and so we, and then I, I responded with, well, perhaps, I mean, they might, but there's so little that we understand about that. And, and what if it could be like this? And we were able to have this conversation and go back and forth without getting heated at all, just having a conversation, him sharing what he thinks, me sharing what I think. 
and we finished the conversation and it was like, just like this uh, sigh of relief, not that the conversation was over, this sigh of relief of, wow, we were, look how far we've come. Not, I guess relief might be the wrong word, but look, look at where we're at now. We could have never had this conversation a few years ago without one of us walking out or ending, ending in it yelling. And now we were just able to, to talk and, and connect in that way where uh, it ended and we didn't, uh, we still had our own opinions. We didn't agree with each other, but it was such a nice feeling to just uh, understand where he was coming from. I understood, he understood where I was coming from and we still loved each other and weren't upset and angry. So it might seem like a small thing, but it was a big thing for me. I was just like, wow, we just had this conversation and this was amazing. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a moment, not necessarily a turning point, but, but just kind of a, a realization of, oh, this is, this is great. And I, I actually got on the Marco Polo wives, uh, the Marco Polo group for believing wives and just said, guys, I just had a winning moment. You know, it's possible. It's possible to have these conversations and not be angry and upset. That's a big deal because it's, it's in the small moments and those conversations that you have probably on the regular, whether they be bigger or whether it just be talking about something going on that you're building trust and empathy and love and compassion with each other. So it doesn't, I, I really actually appreciate that because it doesn't always happen in the big moments. Sometimes you have an epiphany and you think, wow, this really is a, a turning point in our marriage. Um, and I think though, it's in the beginning, right? Where you're feeling hurt and resentment and you're both getting mad on both sides. Um, but when you keep working at it, like you said in the beginning and you keep communicating, then you get to this place where you have a great conversation and, and, and it is like an epiphany. It's like, oh, we just worked through something that we probably could have never talked about three or four or five years ago, right? So I I think that it's also important to note that that's, it's going to be in those moments and the small ones that you're going to get to the bigger picture. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I want you, if you don't mind to share a little bit about something that happened this summer. I saw it on Facebook that you posted about it, that you went to this conference (laughs) and I think for a lot of people, a lot of listeners who listen to us, they also listen to Jody Moore. And so anyway, I want you to talk a little bit about your experience this summer or at this retreat with Jody Moore. Oh, okay. I, I thought at first when you, you said a uh, conference, I was thinking you were talking about the Believing Wives retreat that we had in June. So oh, we'll get that, to that. Oh, okay. We'll okay. get to that. <laughs> so I am a, a member of the Be Bold group that Jody Moore has. Uh, she is a life coach and she is an LDS life coach. When I, I found her about three and a half years ago, so I was I'd been in this journey for a while already, and and had already gotten to a good place. It took about two years, you know. I didn't talk much about that, but when he first told me, my reaction was not. Uh, it was not a good one. It was, um, how dare you do this? You've changed my life, uh, but it's not going to look like that. You will still go to church. You will still baptize any children. 
you will do this. You will do that. And uh, it was like that for a couple of years. And things were, were really bad, really hard those first couple of years. And then I realized that that approach was not healthy, not good. And not only that, it was uh, going to, it could potentially, like, for example, our daughter is a real daddy's girl. And I felt like, what's going to, what's it going to be like if when she gets a little bit older and she's asking dad, why did you go to church all those years if you didn't believe it anymore? And, and his answer is, well, because mom asked me to, and she told me that that's what I had to do. That's not going to go over well, (laughs) and it's not healthy. (laughs) And that's not the kind of mom I want to be. That's not the kind of wife I want to be. Right. But it took a couple years to get to that realization. And so one day I just let my husband know, I said, listen, I've kind of changed. So from now on, you do you on Sundays. If you want to stay home, you stay home. You know, I'm not going to be resentful of that. I I will support whatever you want to do. I I was in a much better place by the time I found Jody more than I had been in the beginning of of our mixed faith marriage. And so just kind of letting him do him, me do me. uh, But I, I still kind of, well, I did. I still didn't realize that I have so much control over what happens in my life. And I get to choose to think whatever I want to think about what is happening in my life. I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to feel empowered. I can choose to, uh, you know, just show up with love. Like we were talking about a few minutes ago or choose to be offended. I started this, uh, started listening to Jody Moore's podcast, Better Than Happy, and I really loved everything that I was hearing there. It it was very helpful to me, and I joined her coaching program. Uh, it's a monthly program, and and you you know you can get coached through through different things. Uh, anyway, very helpful. Plug plug for Jody Moore and her uh, Better Than Happy podcast. Anyway, she had an event that uh, was for uh, members of her program in July. And so I went, I, I was told there was about 1800 people there anyway. And she had you fill out a ticket if you wanted to be coached. And so I filled out my ticket and she drew my name and I was shocked. And so I, uh, when so she didn't, she didn't ask you beforehand. It was your sitting no. in the audience and <laughs> prices rights you know, style, your name gets chosen, come (laughs) on down in front of 1800 people. You know, it was kind of funny because when I was filling out the card, I, I I wrote my name and then, uh, I got a little sidetracked and, and was like, I don't even know what I would coach, you know, or what I would, what I would talk about. And then it it had another part, you know, fill out um, the last time you were coached, whatever. So I filled out that and I put my name, I put the card in the, in the uh, jar and my friend and I, we had gotten there super early because I wanted front and center seats. You know, that's, that's my personality. And so we, we were like the sixth sixth and seventh people in the salt palace that morning, you know? And so our cards were at the very, very bottom of the pile. And, uh, She'd already coached a couple of people. And then, and then she's like, Oh, let me, let me reach clear down here to the bottom of the jar. 
I'm going to get one of, and she pointed to, you know, my section, I'm going to get one of these front and center people right here, you know, and I still was like, it wasn't even crossing my mind because I never, you know, I never get picked for anything. And she pulls out this card and reads my name. And it's only the first name doesn't have the last name. And, uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I, I did. I stood up and was like, yay, you know, and, and kind of did. I kind of ran up to the front. I was just so excited. And, uh, it was, it was awesome. It was like a conversation with, with me and Jody. And it was, uh, I, I want to watch it because I don't even remember what I said. I think I embarrassed myself really badly, but, um, anyway, we, you know, it, it was interesting because, um, she had, I just asked about, you know, there's, there's a person in my life, uh, that I feel like is, uh, suffering with depression and I want to help them. I want to fix it. I, it affects me. It, uh, the way that they are affects me. And she was able to help coach me through kind of just letting them be them which I had already learned that lesson with my husband in regards to our mixed faith marriage and what he believes, but I had not connected the dots in letting this, this person that has a, a big influence in my life just be them as well. And so it was, it, it, it was interesting. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if it's ever, if it, if she ever posted or anything, I'll have to send you the, the, link or the video so you can yeah. you can see what a fool I made Oops. no I I would love to I I liked one thing you touched on that I think any good therapist or uh life coach would say which is we all have a choice it may not seem like there are any choices but there is a choice you and in your marriage in whatever you're doing there are choices and um and I think that that is a really, <laughs> I think that everyone needs to think about their choices, right? How it affects their spouse, how it affects those around them, and really um, what's most important to you. So I, I like that you said that as well. Let's go to what you talked about before. So you've organized events with us. Uh, yes. And, and can, I, can I say just one more thing about yes, choices please. just before we, we move on? So you know, I have heard a, a lot of PMs and I want to give them that space. I've heard a lot of PMs saying, I didn't have a choice. This, you, you've probably read that. Like sometimes you'll see it on the Facebook post. This was not a choice. This, like I, do you know what I'm talking about? Like when PMs post about their faith transition? Yes. Okay. Yes. And they will say, uh, this was not a cho choice. I did not choose this uh, you know, things like that. And I used to take issue with that because I was like, yes, you did. You had a choice and <laughs> you, you chose this. Uh, and, and I, I still view it that way, but I view it differently. I view it a little nuanced, if I may, uh, in that their choice was they had to leave because they had to do what felt authentic and right to them. So even though it was, um, you know, they'll say, I didn't have a choice. I, it, I, I had to leave. Um, 
you know, that, that's kind of right. Like in order to stay in a place of where you could live with yourself and what, what you now understood to be true or right or wrong or whatever it is, um, you started acting and, and doing these things because of needing to be authentic to yourself. So ultimately I still, I still do stand by my, uh, by my words that, that I think we, it is choices that we make and, and we can choose to, to stay or leave, but it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think that for, for the PMs, especially, you know, these, mixed faith marriage PMs that are LDS here in this space. Uh, I can't even imagine how tough it is to leave. And I think that for many of them, if they could stay, they would because it is so painful to leave, but they don't feel like they have a choice because of where they're at now. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. I just want to give them that space. Right. But yes, you know, I, I do feel for them. And, and I don't go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, no, it's, it is, it's very complicated. Right. And I think what at the heart of it is you're going to do what's best for you. Right. And, yes. and if that choice is to stop attending because it it is damaging to your soul, it's hurtful It you, you come away with panic attacks. There are so many things. Right. And you could say that for fully active believing members, as well as people who have left or anyone in between who's physically and mentally out. There are lots of things we base our choices off of how we process the information given to us and how we process that is the decisions that we will make either moving forward, right? Is this going to be something that's going to continue to um, be good for me or the community, or is it better to take a step back? So um, I totally see, but it is, there's a lot of stigma that's wrapped into it and it is very complicated. Um, It's a very complicated thing. And I do like that you you're giving everyone space to be able to say, Hey, this isn't healthy for me. And, and I do need to step away. I, I just think that that, that space should be given on both sides. Hey, this is a really good thing for me. And my community, you know, my community is everything. So I'm going to continue to go. It, it works on both sides. So I totally understand what you're, what you're talking about. Uh, you know, in this space, you meet a lot of people especially if you're on a Marco Polo group, if you're a moderator, of course you get to know a lot more people because you're reading the comments and you know, and you, if you go to any of the events, you get to meet people everywhere you go. And one thing that I love about getting together with people is we kind of have this like common, common thing that is binding us together. We're all in this space where things can be really hard, or maybe you figured it out, but you're really needing community because you're missing that. And I think you've been great at organizing some of, you know, a meetup um, here and Marco Polo group getting, you know, women together in order to create a sense of community. So do you want to talk a little bit about the retreat you had with um, these women and really what, what does, why is community so important to you? I believe that we're not, we're not meant to be alone. I mean, that's why we're in families. Uh, and that we, we all come with our own gifts, our own, um, strengths 
and things that, that we are naturally really good at. Uh, and if it was just us, it, I, I, I'm not articulating this very well, but when we can be surrounded by other people uh, that they can bring their strengths, they can bring th their gifts and talents, and we can all help each other, it, you know, we see things different ways and that can help us understand each other. And when you have things in common with people, uh, it really helps just build and, and form those connections, uh, which I think as humans, we're meant to be connected. We are all, we are all uh, here to help each other and love each other. And whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or whatever that is, there are ways for us to connect with each other and love each other that give us a fulfillment that we can't get any other way than with other people. You know, I'm a people person. I love talking with people. I love small talk because it's how I find out what I have in, in common, uh, I, what connections I have, you know. Oh, yeah, you, you grew up there. Oh, you know, whatever. My husband hates small talk. And when we first got together, uh, I, found, I found out and I was like, what? You hate small talk? What? And he was like, yeah, it's, it's pointless. It's useless. It doesn't accomplish anything. <laughs> you know? And, and I, I say, well, that's how you find out what your connections are or whatever. But we all, you know, we're all so different. And uh, we, we connect with people on different levels, in different ways. And, and the only way to figure out what works for us and, and to find our people is to put ourselves out there a little bit, you know, make ourselves a little bit vulner vulnerable. And, but that can bring such fulfillment and, and happiness when we are able to do that. And so uh, anyway, last, last year when COVID started, there was a Marco Polo group for women, and it had both PMs and ABMs in it. And, uh, and so I joined that, and it was fantastic. It, uh, it kind of died out, so it, it's not there anymore. Well, it's still there, but there hasn't been any, any conversation for months. But in the beginning, it was really helpful for me to understand the PM female side of things. And I just love those women that I got to know so much and uh, just appreciated them, you know, being vulnerable and talking about really hard things. Um, eventually, it, it just kind of started to die out and people were leaving, people get busy. And so last summer, I felt like it would be really helpful to have a group of ABM wives that, that we could talk about how we're making our marriages work and how we're, how we're trying to stay in. And so... I formed a group of uh, remote believing wives. It's just been amazing. There are incredible women in, in that group. Uh, Chris Rich, who you had on a few months ago and interviewed, she's in that group. There are so many amazing women that have different perspectives. You know, we had the retreat in June. It was incredible. Uh, just these women that I had seen for months on Marco Polo, and the connections that we had made, and then to be there in person and to just 
stay up until, I mean, it, it was like three or four in the morning, both nights. And it, it was, it was amazing. So, and we have another one scheduled in February in St. George. So I'm super excited for that. Uh, I really appreciate that. I think that you touched on one thing that I, that I liked that even within the active believing Mormon group, okay, you're going to have a spectrum of opinions and absolutely. And you're going to find that in post-Mormon, a a spectrum of opinions. And, and I, and I think that that brings diversity. It definitely helps you to understand other people. So I really, I really like hearing that as well. And, you know, one of, one of me and Alan's greatest joys has been to see other people make friendships outside of the, of the Facebook group or just listening to the podcast, because as much as I would love to be everyone's friends, I mean, I am all of your friends, but you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to have time to sit down and get together with, with every couple every weekend. So the fact that we see um, all of you connecting in a way that is uplifting and helpful and um, very compassionate towards each other, it just brings me, me a lot of joy to see that. Uh, Cause that's, that's like the one thing that I didn't feel I had for a long time. And then once, you know, once we had the community and we started, we got it going, then that's when, you know, people came in and, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't really know if I should jump in. Um, I don't know if I, I would be welcomed. What would you say to that M um, if, if someone wanted to join the group? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone is welcome in in our group. And we even have, you know, some breakout groups for specific topics. Uh, You know, some of those, those hard topics that are hard to navigate, like word of wisdom, or maybe, uh, you know, temple and and garments, things like that. Uh, We have a, a come follow me group, where we discuss the come follow me lesson each week, and maybe some things in there that that we love or some things that we're having a hard time with. And and we want to talk about it, uh, you know, and so, uh, we have smaller breakout groups, we have our big group, but everyone is welcome in those Marco Polo groups. And it really is a huge range of, of nuance in there. You've got, uh, pretty Orthodox, uh, members, although those are a little bit fewer. We kind of did a survey a few weeks ago, and then you've got people that kind of consider themselves in the middle. And then you've got very nuanced members, even some that are basically uh on their way out but they love the community they don't necessarily believe it anymore but but they love the community uh and you know they they may eventually uh leave as well the point of the group really is to help us try to make our marriages work and figure out uh how can we strengthen the relationships with our husbands and how can we also valid when we're when we're not feeling it from our husbands right uh feel that strength and validation feel that solidarity from other people and just feel like oh i'm not alone in this i have a community i have women that love me that support me that want to help me one thing that is has been so fun is um you find people that you connect with one-on-one and so there are people in that group that I've reached out to and we will have conversations outside of the group. Um, and so we've gotten to be really close 
And so, uh, you know, like if I ever go out to Boston area, you can bet I'm going to be knocking on Chris Rich's door or, uh, you know, I, I've got friends just in different parts of the country now that I met through this Marco Polo group. And uh, I feel like I feel like they're some of my best friends in the whole world. And I want to see them in person. I want to, to visit with them. And and so it's. Um, Yes, anyone is welcome. Anyone can join. Anyone can come to our retreat. We would we we're just here to help each other, help each other in our marriages, help each other with our families and our children, help each other when we have those tough conversations with parents or siblings, help each other all around. <laughs> we just want to support each other and love each other because life is hard. So, let's see what we can do to help each other through it. Oh, I love that. Life is hard. And really, uh, it, it is much easier when you know that you have someone that understands where you're at and can empathize with you oh. because oh, it's sometimes, easier. you know, sometimes those family relationships that, you know, we, you know, I love telling my sister things, but also she can't empathize the way that this group of women can empathize with me and can give me ideas and, and, um, just help in any way. So I really appreciate the work that you do with the group and, and really for all the group members um, who are so lovely. It was so nice to see them. I totally did like a sort of drive by, come and say hi to everyone for a couple hours. It was so fun to see them. I knew most of them. I had either met them in person or um, I had seen them in like our workshops. And that's the, the next thing I kind of want to go to is you know, uh, you and your spouse were able to attend one of our workshops with Natasha. And one thing I love about the workshop setting is you really get to know a lot of people and hear their stories and see them work through all of the things that you are currently working through. And so just, uh, maybe briefly tell me the, some of the things that you enjoyed about the course with Natasha that we did the workshop. Oh, I loved the workshop. I had to talk my husband into it. <laughs> he he wasn't that interested, but what I said, I feel like this could be very helpful and very beneficial. And you know, he's the he's the introvert, but he he felt like it was uh, helpful as well. And uh, we loved doing that. You know, the different the different lessons that she had. Uh, if we especially like nav navigating the tenders. Uh, I felt like there were a lot of really helpful things in, in that lesson. We had navigated most of them already, but it was still helpful. It, and uh, the, you know, how to different ways to raise your, raise your children. I'm trying to remember, cause it's been what a year since, yeah, since, it we, has. since I was, since I was in that one. Uh, one lesson that I found very valuable was the values lesson, where we talk about our values. I think that is something that is especially hard when you're in a mixed faith marriage situation, because I know that once, once I, when my husband told me where he was at, that he didn't believe anymore, I felt like, okay, what do we have in common now? Because we're so different. Uh, and so we, in, in the, we were able to see the different, go through that whole list that was in that class and, 
and come up with, okay, well, this is what's important to you. This is what's important to me. Uh, what's important to our children and, and uh, you know, have them included in that as well. And just kind of went through and, and decided what we wanted to focus on as a family. And so that was a very, um, a very good lesson. Probably the thing I enjoyed the very most, even more than the lessons, was getting to know the people. Seeing other couples that were making it work, seeing other believing wives like me, uh, seeing believing husbands, and then, you know, of course, the, the PMs as well, and, and gaining so much more uh, empathy and compassion through that process as well, uh, you know, seeing the struggles and and the the ways that people were really trying to navigate these these hard things you know marriage when you're married it's a huge part of your life i mean you can't even put a percentage on it but um if your marriage is bad you know i mean what what have you got uh but if your marriage is good then you can be in a good place and so just I felt like seeing these couples, seeing what was helping some of them, uh, different different ways that they would make things work. It was fantastic, and I really grew to love them. And then I miss them. You know, I'm uh, I'm excited that you guys are are starting up this uh, continuation course, if you will. Uh, and you know, there was there was a, a couple in there. They live back east and. Uh, we will sometimes Marco Polo together and, and I'll reach out to her. And I just, I, you know, she's one of, one of these friends that I have met not through Marco Polo, but through the workshop, met her through the workshop and just love her. And so, uh, yeah, a plug for the workshop. It was, it was worth every penny. Um, so it was very helpful, especially if you are new to this space um, even more helpful, but even as, I mean, we had, when we joined the class, we had, we were in this five and a half years at that point, and we still found it very helpful. So I don't care how long you've been in it. I think that, that the information that's provided is just fantastic. Oh, thank you. And I agree with you. It's so nice to hear people connect inside and outside the class and you really feel like you get to know the other couples and what they're struggling with. And, and one of the great things is being able to see how one couple does it because everyone's going to do it differently. And then incorporating what someone does into your own um, relationship to enrich it. And um, I really, uh, that's one of the greatest things we love about the courses is how people connect well, um, we are about at time, but I wanted to give you the last word. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about or any last thoughts that you had that you would love to listen uh, or leave with our listeners? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, just thank you. Thank you for all you do. One thing that, that I've learned is I feel like the more I learn, the less I know. <laughs> and uh and especially in this space as well, I, I, I used to say, I knew, I know the church is true. I, I knew the church was true. Um, I, I don't say that anymore. It's, it's a belief. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart, but you know, and I say this to, to my husband, I say, I could be wrong. You know, I, I know what I believe 
And I have had a few experiences that I believe are uh, were the spirit testifying to me. Uh, and that's what keeps me going because um, if I didn't have those, I, I don't think it, with, with how hard this is and, and all of the uh, messiness of everything, I have a lot of questions. I have, you know, I'm going to get to the other side and I have a lot of questions to ask our heavenly parents, a lot of questions, but for right now, I'm, I'm still in, I, uh, and, and I, you can make it work. You can make it work. The, the most important thing for me has been giving people the space to do what they feel is best for them and being okay with that. Once I, once I got to that place, once I could really get to that place, it changed everything for me. So uh, it's hard to do, but uh, you know, there's so many people that can, that can help, help, help us get to that space. I mean, when, do you feel like you finally got to that space? Was that helpful for you to feel like, you know, Alan, Alan's, he can do what he wants and I can do what I want and we can still love each other. Yeah. I mean, once you get there, really, sometimes I think, oh, are we, are we still, do we still worry or have difference of opinions? And then something will come up and I'm like, well, yeah, that's for you. Not for me. And, and it, but it does get easier over time. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate everything you and Alan do so much. I I don't think you can even imagine the broad range of how many people you have touched in this world. So I just want to say thank you so much, Katie. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. That's, that was very heartfelt. I felt that. Um, if any of our listeners want to contact you directly or they feel like they really connected with what you said, is there a way they can get a hold of you? Yeah. So I have an email address. It is e m m for m so e and then two m's m like marriage on a tightrope <laughs> e m m and then moat m o a t at gmail.com so e m m moat at gmail.com perfect if you have any questions or you would like to reach out to m um please do so use her email i think that we can all be adults here. And whether you're, if you're post-Mormon and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't really agree with what Katie and M were talking about. I, I still hope that you caught the spirit of what was being said, which was, uh, which M said, over and over again that we can make space for each other and that's what she's learned over and over again um in her marriage and in her relationships with other people and i think that's a really good example for both sides and so i hope that um you feel that as well and i'm just grateful that you were willing to come on and do this interview i know we've talked about it for i don't know how long but we finally got it on the calendar and i'm glad that it happened because there were a lot of takeaways that you said um, that I that I really loved and hope all you um, out there in podcast land love them as well and hope to talk and hear from you all soon.
Thank you, Katie. Love you. you. Love you. We're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave because if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. When you're high, I'll take the lows. You can ebb and I can flow. We'll take it slow. And grow as we go Grow as we go Grow as we go